this song, it really sounds like when it came out. This song sounds really 94. I remember the video. This is the video they shot it on the golf course. They were over there with the carts. I remember I wanted to go to that video shoot so bad because I knew it was going to be lit. I did not, though. It happens. It happens. You know. Is this one of the songs that Montel doesn't, like, has um, relieved himself of? Because, I, know, you know, he was like super Christian and he said he didn't like performing some of his songs at one time period. I watched like one of his, the TV one thing story or whatever. This was a while ago, but there's a period of time where he said he did not like performing his songs because he felt that, um, you know, some of them were written. They were too worldly, you know, too much into the world. And that's not where he was at that time period. So Shout out to him, though, because this is how we do it is like, I wonder if it's Diamond. I never thought about that. We know it's used so much in commercials and things like that. I know that he wrote it. I wonder if he retained his publishing. But that's one of the, that's another song that, you know, it was a bop. It was amazing when it came out. I don't want to hear it anymore. But that's me. I just burnt myself out on it, not because it's a bad song or because I think there's anything wrong with it. Just, you know, sometimes your appetite for things, if you eat too much candy, you get a tummy ache. So sometimes you just listen to songs too much and you get a little tummy ache. Is it a diamond? It's only platinum. Really? I'm very surprised by that. I am too. Like, not even that song, I feel like, is used everywhere. Um,. I wonder if he held on to his publishing or if he had already sold it like early on when it came out. Because I feel like that song is like um, one of those songs that, you know, in 2060, Montel Jordan could go to the moon and perform This Is How We Do It. You know, someone would still be requesting that. Mm -hmm. I think people that have those type of hits in their catalogs are pretty luck. Oh, I shouldn't call it luck, right? That's their expertise, but I think it's a nice thing to have. So Forensic Accountant says, just a tip, pulse oximeters, extremely basic and ubiquitous medical devices. They do not work as well on people with darker skin because melanin in skin can interfere with the absorption of light. Thank you for that. That's true. So basically what you're saying is get the deal on the cheaper um, Apple Watch because we don't need those, <laughs> um, the oxygen monitors. Um, we'll have to see it. You know, Apple is always, I guess that's what happens when you're the top dog, right? You're always kind of embroiled in some type of patent thing, some type of accusations of overstepping boundaries and monopolies. So we'll have to see what evolves from that situation. Okay, so I thought this was an interesting story. And... Um, Really, like, I want to know what you guys think about it in the chat. And, Andy, I want to know what you think about it, too. So, in a recent interview, 21 Savage, because you know 21 Savage is now officially an American citizen. He's embarking on his first European tour. There are different aspects of his career he's allowed to step into because he is taking care of his citizenship, right? So, he was being interviewed, and he said, and they asked him about his friendship with Drake and he said he feels like describing male friendships is zesty as hell and I was just like what he said that um 
I feel like describing male friendships is zesty as hell. That there could be um, even something feminine or gay, as zesty can read as derogatory slang, about articulating the details of a male friendship that speaks to the stigmas, taboos, and expectations that isolate men and stifle their expression. I feel like I agree. What is wrong with saying, that's my dog, that's my boy, he held me down. Why does it always have to be, what is wrong with expressing love for a homeboy or a friend? I mean, I don't know. Y'all go through stuff. Say you don't love women, souls. So why not just say, I support you. That's my dog. Why does it have to be zesty? Why is friendship thought in those terms sounds like he's he's questioning his own sexuality you think so you think that's where it's coming from i mean honestly no but i mean for him to have that stance it just if i had to psychoanalyze it you know you probably questioning your sex latent some latent <laughs> latent I mean, homosexual thoughts yeah, maybe i mean something i don't i don't think he's homosexual or anything like that but for him to even say that you know, especially in this in these times now where you're hearing from men that, you know, we should be more, you know, not emotional. That's the wrong term to use. but Vulnerable. Just vu- vulnerable. Boom. Be vulnerable with your homies. Be like, yeah, man, I got love for you. You know what I'm saying? People are dying at, you know, <laughs> at crazy rates right now. You know what I'm saying? So. I, I mean, it just it saddens me because, you know, like I saw this video that was floating around social media and it was like a woman and she was like, black men. Who do you go to when you need to relieve everything or, you know, basically vent, let everything out? And most of the guys responding were like, nobody, no one. I eat that, you know. And I think that's sad. That is one of the ways. There's a lot of ways. But friendship and the way that women are able to communicate with each other and openly express that, I think, is one of the beautiful things that I love about being a woman. Because I think that it can be a very lonely place for men, especially. And I, I understand. I'm not saying y'all got to cry and watch Hallmark together. But you need someone that can relate to some of the things that you're going to to open up, to bounce things off of. And I think it's very sad if you're holding back on a friendship because you think it looks zesty. Yeah, that's unfortunate, but, you know, it all goes back to how we were raised, you know what I mean, to not be vulnerable. Um, You know, if we feel a certain kind of way about something, you know, to just eat that and swallow that. So, you know, I think we're we're overcoming that, and that's just generations of of a specific mentality that a lot of us men, you know, uh, are accustomed to. Well, when we come forward, we're going to get into – this Jonathan Major story. Jonathan probably needs a good male friend. I'm going to think that. I'm being funny. But he might. He might. But he is a good girlfriend. So a new one. Megan Good. You know. Shout out to her. We're going to get into all of that and more on the other side. You're locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. MJ Scott in the chat says, I've learned not to let radio make me hate great songs. This is how we do it. California love, etc. I turn it off or down instead of listening to great songs too much. 
yeah, I'm past that point. <laughs> I, you know, again, if it's like in a group setting, a concert, a show or something, you know, we'll get a toe tap, we'll get a beat. I know that they are great songs. I just don't want them, you know, in my playlist currently right now. I could miss them. And um, I can miss them a lot more because they're such great songs. They are played a great deal and they're played a great deal in um, commercials and stuff, too. And so I could just do without. It's my own thing. Burnt myself out, probably. Okay, so Jonathan Majors. By now, you know, he was found guilty on two misdemeanors out of four potential charges, right? And... (laughs) Disney wasted no time. They were like, it wasn't even a day. It wasn't even a half a day. They were like, and we're moving on. Thank you. So basically, we know that his character of Kang the Conqueror was introduced in Ant-Man and Wasp. He also was, I can't remember if it was Ant-Man and the Wasp first and then Loki or vice versa. But we know that there was a big arc plan for him. And I believe that this is Marvel Phase 5. And Kang the Conqueror was going to be the big baddie across several movie properties. and Obviously the shows as well. So they have made the decision not to move forward with him in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Clearly, we don't know what that means for Kang the Conqueror in the films. I mean, they could recast it. They could go in a different direction. We're unclear what is going to happen at this point. There's been a few names that have been floated around, right? We have heard, um, you know, Damson Idris. I saw someone tweet out uh, John David Washington, J.D. Washington, as perhaps... You know, or maybe they will just X that villain and figure out a different way to tidy things up and move around, right? But what happens with his career? So let's be clear. It was two misdemeanor counts of harassment and assault, but he was acquitted on the other two accounts. He was found not guilty on one call one count of intentional assault in the third degree and aggravated harassment in the second degree. So the more serious charges. Do we think that Jonathan's career will have a resurgence or a comeback after this? My answer is maybe. Wait, Andy, you look like you have something to add. You said it was Disney who got rid of him? or is this- Well, Marvel and Disney are effectively are the same company. Disney is... I think they lack sensitivity, or or they they they're family fruity. These are misdemeanors. I agree. And these what second and third degree? <sighs> he'll be he'll he'll bounce back. I, I mean, and and the thing is, because there's been a lot of conversation, what it makes it interesting, right? Is like he was clearly. I'm not making any excuses. I'm not, I don't have a dog in this fight. I'm not taking a side. I'm just saying what I observed. He was clearly trying to get away, right? I mean, he ran down several New York City blocks. Those are not short. Those are not quick blocks, right? And she was in high pursuit. Um, he was trying to get away. I feel like he was trying 
to potentially avoid something bigger from happening, something more maybe violent. I don't know. But what I will say is what I saw from those videos are two, two toxic individuals, two people that needed to not be in a relationship with each other anymore, or if they were, and they really plan to move forward together in dedication into some therapy. Because let's be real, if you're just kind of dating, even if it's been a short time period, but you don't know if you're really headed to a future with this person, I don't know if you go to get counseling together. I don't think, I think that might be a bit much. You may want to address yourself to figure out your anger issues or control or whatever. But I saw two people engaged in unhealthy activities with each other. We don't know what happened inside the car before that car door opened. We don't. But we know he was trying to get away. I don't know. Andy. I think uh, the courts are just making an example out of him. I think so, too. You know I'm saying he's a black man, and unfortunately, this person is a white woman. So, you know, we're going to give you a slap on the wrist. I don't, I don't foresee him actually uh, spending any real time I don't think so. At the most, you know, maybe some, you know, uh, community, community service. service or, you know, uh, some counseling type of situation. But they definitely want to make an example out of them. And I just think it's unfortunate from Disney and Marvel to get rid of them. You know, <laughs> it doesn't seem heinous like that to me right. for him to be, you know, removed. But, hey, everybody has a, you know, a way to run their business. I think that, you know, again, especially in the times that we are in, especially over the past five or so years with the Me Too movement and just the reexamination of old things, I think people act with an abundance of caution, right? And even though you could potentially give him the benefit of the doubt, because as you pointed out, the charges that he was hit, you know, convicted of, they were in an interaction. And some of these things can happen in defensive mode within the interaction. As Kendi points out, the driver said the woman in the car was attacking majors. Again, we don't know. It, it could be the absolute gospel driver could be compromised. We don't know. And I'm not saying that that has happened. I'm just saying we don't see what happened. But the end result, it looked like he was trying to diffuse it as best he could. Right? We tell men they should get away. You shouldn't. I, again, without knowing what happened inside the car, I don't know outside of the car what more he could have done. That seemed to be the right move to me. Do we know the, the racial makeup of the jurors? Um, I'm sure that it is somewhere. Let's see if we can get that information. Um, because some were saying that probably his arrogance in the courtroom might have been a turnoff to jurors. When Grace was on the stand reading her testimony, he allegedly pulled out a Bible and was reading from the Bible. You know, I don't know. The antics, the theatrics, you know, may not have went over too well. I don't know. But 
I think to your point, sometimes people know like, oh, I don't know, but somebody has to take the fall. If if we're going on an accountability scale, you know, it seems like they're like 51% to you, 49% to you. So you got to pay for it, you know? I, I don't know. So I do think to your point, right? Time is very forgiving. I think Magazine Dreams is going, they're going to, I heard very good things about this film. This is the bodybuilding film that he did beforehand. We know that he lost before the case was even settled. He's lost, um, let me see how, okay, so he's been dropped by his talent manager Entertainment 360, his PR firm, the lead company. He's no longer involved with protagonist pictures film called The Man in My Basement. He had a major campaign with the U.S. Army that was pulled. Um, he had a campaign with the Texas Rangers baseball team that was pulled as well. There was a project that was greenlit with Amazon for Spike Lee called Duh, The Understudy. And then there was the Dennis Rodman film, 48 Hours in Vegas, which is about the 48 hours Dennis Rodman spent in Vegas during the Chicago Bulls playoff run back in the day. I think maybe when he married Carmen Electra, unsure, for Lionsgate. But both of those projects are in limbo. So they haven't been canceled, but they've been put on the back burner, right? We'll see what happens with them. We know that during the strike, for example, a lot of projects that were in limbo and short ended up being canceled either before the strike came back um, before the actors and screenwriters came back from striking or right when the strikes had broke so it could be a money thing we'll just have to see what happens um <laughs> this one though obviously with marvel is the the biggest one so to speak right I guess what it started in 2021, they were supposed to start filming um, Kang the Conqueror film, the top of next year. My gut says that they don't recast, that they find another way to write the villain out. Or, or here's the thing, since Kang the Conqueror is part of the multiverse, right? Maybe it's just one of Kang's alter egos and it's somebody else. And then... You know, like other things, five years from now, he can come back. And I'm not sure. I just think that it's also an interesting time in general for the Marvel franchise because they haven't been knocking it out of the park. So we'll have to see, you know, what happens. Some people are also upset at Megan Good that she was like, I'm going to stick beside him. And, you know, the reports are that they are closer than ever after having gone through this situation. And people are upset. They they think that she um, could have made a better pick. Are these people black? Uh, some of them, yeah. Yeah. They, they feel like... And see, here's the other thing, right? Because Jonathan was with a white woman, right? or in other, some feel that him strategically getting involved with Megan was to counter 
that aspect of it and to make sure he had the support of black women. Because let's be honest, he did kind of hide his significant other in the most, you know, recent times. He wasn't bringing her on the carpet. If he was, they were, you know, he didn't have her arm in arm with him. And he is not the only black actor to utilize that. Jay Ellis, that is Lawrence from Insecure, you know, his now wife, they were dating throughout that process. And he kind of tried to keep it low, not completely hidden, but he saw the reaction. So there's a lot of different layers at play when it comes to stuff to this. And then here's the thing, too, with what happened. You know, maybe Jonathan makes his resurgence in a black project instead of a big mainstream project, right? Because we accept our own. And we do oftentimes provide a soft place to land. So it will be interesting to see what develops because he is such a talent. Magazine Dreams already in the can got so many positive, so much positive feedback, excuse me, during the... um, Oh, God, I just blanked. What is it called? The film festival circuit that it was on earlier this year. So I can't see them. I mean, they could, but I can't see them just taking a loss on the film. Right? I think that people are forgiven, though. We have to see. Kendi's, oh, that's the same comment. So we'll just have to see what develops with him. He's obviously a talent. I do think, to your point, though, Andy, they're misdemeanors. And a lot of people saw the video and are kind of indifferent about it. So I I don't think it's like a Ray Rice thing. Obviously, two different industries, but similar notions. I don't think it's anything like that. I think that eventually he'll be able to get past it. And there's so many things that are coming out in other areas that it'll get buried. It'll get clouded. You know, um, Megan's TV show Harlem has been picked up for a third season, which will mean that she will be in New York filming if they already haven't started. So, um, you know, we'll see how that develops. But I I, I don't know. I think that he'll be okay. I I do. Um, And I'm not saying, look, again, don't have a dog in the fight. Don't know what happened inside the vehicle from what I saw outside of the vehicle. Didn't look as intense as some have said. And we have heard, though, that there were other incidents prior. And that probably is shading some people's viewpoints. So when can we come forward? We'll have more trending topics and headlines. You were locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Welcome back in to Hour 3 of RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. Listen, Urban Spinster's in the chat dropping tea. She said, I ran into Jay Ellis and his then-girlfriend while they were doing home renovations. He looked spooked as if me and my co-worker would recognize him and have an issue or be starstruck. And I'm going to say respectfully, I believe that because (laughs) it's almost like a boogeyman, right, for certain actors because 
it's a, a a complex situation when your fan base is comprised mostly of black women and your dating choices are not. No, you are not obligated to date based off of what your fans primarily, their race primarily is or what they would like you to be. But, you know, people understand their power now or at least their perceived power and they get active a little bit you know they can decide now how many people have really been canceled probably a handful but they can decide to shift their focus and attention away right we've seen it happen so There are some actors that have made it a point to try and keep their relationships a little lower under the radar just so that they don't have to deal with, we can call it negativity sometimes, (laughs) you know, backlash, opinions, unsolicited opinions. That's a good one. Um, If you think about Omari Hardwick, you know, ghost from power, he was pretty vocal in some interviews. As a matter of fact, I interviewed him one time and he talked about some of the difficulty that he felt as far as, you know, loving and respecting his fans, but them not exactly being on the same page with him as far as his choice in a wife, which, you know, again, obviously not really our business, but we got platforms now, so we want to get all up in it. Um, I don't know. We I've seen a lot of commentary that says, oh, Jonathan Majors is probably never going to date another white woman. We don't know that. We don't. Do you know what I'm saying? But what I can say is that it does seem like, seem like that when black women are involved in these situations, we don't get the benefit of the doubt. We get hit a little bit harder with the blame. You know, it's just life. You just got to be prepared for all areas and all ways. Um, But I don't think, I, I think that this story will blow over for some relatively quickly as far as Jonathan's concerned. Um, And relative is, you know, relative. It depends, but I just think that there's so many other things in the atmosphere that are happening that are higher profile or with more salacious details that this is just a small bump in the road. And what we learn from this is when you see those red flags pop up early and you're feeling like you are in your Barack Obama, Martin Luther King moment, cut those losses, man. Don't try and see if you can work them out. Let them go. Because it's not going to come back to you in a great way. Okay. So listen, we know Boosie, right? Boosie always has a lot to say, correct? Well, listen. He weighed in on the Cassie and Diddy situation, right? And what he kind of boiled it down to in his opinion is that Cassie was either traumatized or loved every minute of it 
And on one hand, it's like, well, yeah, right? Those are pretty much the only options, right? But one, Boosie, maybe you should sit this one out. Because he also did it in a Vlad TV interview. And I know Vlad is paying bucks. And again, I'm not mad at Vlad, right? Because these people willingly go and sit down with him and have these conversations. And I get it, he's paying, but they willingly have them. So what can you do, right? He he seemingly does some form of research. So, and they feel comfortable enough where they want to brag or open up or express things. So the stuff that comes from it, look, again, there's been a lot of conversations over the past couple of weeks about interviews and who has access for interviews. And when things come out, you know, there was talk about Nicki Minaj and who she chose to give interviews to with her album release. We saw a lot of conversation about that. Funny enough, I don't know if you guys caught this, but the other day, Sexy Red dropped in on The Breakfast Club and Jess Hilarious was there as the guest co-host. So there was a good lesson in this and the lesson is about communication. So Sexy Red did not speak to Jess, right? And she said because Jess is shady. She said something shady, like some shady, but Sexy Red never articulated what it was that Jess supposedly said or did. She just kept saying, I don't like that shady stuff. I'm not the one. And she wanted to ignore her. And Jess was like, well, let's talk about it. What did I say? She was like, I may have made a joke, but I like your music. I'm, you know, kind of the th- the real thing, the thing that we talk about. What are your thoughts with that? Do you, Because I see a lot of it where everyone's like, oh, you shouldn't say this. You shouldn't make jokes on this. And not that I don't understand. And everybody's humor level is at a different place. But if you're in a professional setting, right, do you just go in and not speak to the person? Do you try and talk about it and understand where the rift will be? Do you accept their apology? I don't know. I just think we're in an interesting place as far as media and the talent and the critiques and things of that nature. Like you've seen people like get mad, curse people out over their commentary about the album. And I'm not talking about somebody who's just like, you're whack, you're awful, you know, just downgrading it. But if people have legitimate critiques or maybe they just aren't feeling it, is that enough for you to ice them out? Do they have to effectively kiss your behind in order to have a conversation with you about the art, the product? I don't, it seems kind of unfair to me. I get it. Who wants to talk to someone that doesn't like you? Who wants to talk to someone that you feel doesn't appreciate your art? But I also think that there's a lot that can be learned or gauged from those type of situations. And two, you're promoting your stuff anyway. Somebody sitting there might not like it. Somebody sitting there may. And it's just par for the course. It, it seems counterproductive to me, at least to always meet with people or speak with people that are 100% in agreement on you. First of all, that's not a real thing. It doesn't seem real to me. And if they are, you better check them because something's shady with that. And two, I just think that um, there's nothing wrong with dialogue. When we come forward, we're going to have more dialogue. We're going to get into more trending topics. There is a wedding day refund story that 
you guys are not going to want to miss all of that, plus a couple of more trending topics. You're locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. You are locked into RSVP with Jill Monroe here on KBLA Talk 1580. So you know the chat has some feedback, and I love the chat on YouTube. They always keep us active. So Pretty Brown Mimi says, they don't have to hide their non-black partners. Most black women, we don't care. I wouldn't want to be someone's little secret. I wouldn't either. Um, well, well, the flip side of that is I'm the same person that says that I don't really want my relationships on social media. I think the idea that you would be hiding me because of race would be uncomfortable, not just because you have one. And I do think about how those significant others and those relationships probably feel about that. But I'm sure, you know, they probably get in the Coretta Scott King speech too. Baby, we are trying to go somewhere. (laughs) And I need you to understand and just ride with me right now. Those evil black women. No, I'm just like, but something to that effect, you know? They're not going to stand in our way, but right now we just have to do it like this. We've seen it. We hear about it, but we definitely see it. Um, And it's unfortunate, not that I don't understand where some of it is coming from, but it's a complicated thing. It's an overcorrection. I think black women have felt that they have been taken for granted as far as, you know, their fandom, their, you know, the idea that black women should mule came from somewhere, right? And a lot of people look at the evolution of hip hop and acting and, you know, how we seem to be getting pushed to the side for others and they want to take a stance, right? And you have your right to take a stance about whatever you want to. Seemingly, you have a right to vote with your dollars, um, I don't know if you should go to that extreme, but it's a personal choice and, and, you know, you make that fit. Pretty Round Mimi also says Amari was kind of Delulu. We weren't sending his wife hateful online messages. Well, somebody was, and he said it was y'all. <laughs> um, so, you know, hopefully we've moved past that though. Kendi says fans wanting to dictate who you sleep with is mad weird. It is, but at the same time, you have to think about positioning. And this goes for male or female stars. You know, if you are positioned as a sex symbol or as someone that is desirable, people are obviously going to project themselves or an image that is similar to themselves into that space next to you. Good, bad, or indifferent, that's part of the marketing. That is part of how they are selling you to the public. That is why, if you think back to, like, the boy bands back in the day, they never wanted them to admit that they had girlfriends because it would lessen the fantasy for the young girls. And, you know, even though 98% of the fans aren't going to cross paths or be in contact with these individuals, there is 2% that feel like they might and that they might be in contention for a relationship. And so I think I've talked a little bit about the whole thing of the teeny bopper aspect, which started in the 1940s with Frank Sinatra and grew from there. But I mean, oh, shout out to um, 
Wellington, New Zealand in the building, BT616. We appreciate it. Um, you know, it's just a changing of attitudes and mindsets. Kendi also says parasocial is the new term I'm hearing for it, and it applies. People need to touch grass and quickly. They do. But, well, Kendi, I want to ask you, because you're in this age range. Here in California, it's said that between 18 and 29, they are not only not communicating as much, you know, linking up with the opposite sex. They're not having sex in general, right? And so I think that there is a connection problem. I think that people aren't talking to one another like they used to. I think that there are so many things that you can utilize to distract or things that you can use to make yourself feel closer to someone when you really aren't. You know, sharing memes with each other is a love language. But sitting in the same room sharing memes and not really talking to each other, how are you connecting? I mean, I'm sure you are, but it's in a different format, you know. Fahima says, what's Stephen A. Smith's speech to his hidden woman sound like I mean you know you got to stand on the other side here's the thing I've seen and I don't know how serious this person was I've seen Stephen A out with a woman before a couple times during all-star naturally um attractive woman age appropriate I do want to say that age appropriate if you know people have those questions I think that you know, it's a catch 22. You do want to protect the sanctity of your relationship. I, as someone who, as I've stated many times, do not want my relationships on social media just because I think it's a lot. Um, but I understand those that feel like it's sneaky or that you're hiding something. I think that one thing that has messed us up with social media is the entitlement. And I think to a small degree, we all have it when it comes to this stuff. You're not necessarily entitled access to all of these things, you know? And just because we have been or people allow it to do so, realistically, at any given time, if they decide, I don't want to let you in the group chat anymore, they can. Now, in theory, we can't get mad at it. We can we do, but we're not supposed to. We're supposed to move along and like Kendi says, touch grass. Hey, Kendi, share this show with your friends. Tell them to come along. We'd like to hear more of what they have to say about it. But I feel like Stephen A. and Shannon Sharp and listening to them talk more and more because there was a conversation on the nightcap between Shannon Sharp, Deion Sanders, and Chad Ochocinco Johnson about a woman passing gas during sex. Dion was like, absolutely not. It can't happen. She would never be called back again. Shannon said, it's okay. He told her I usually make them do something else. Not just that. So it's cool. He respected it as a man, which is interesting because this is the same man who said that he does not want his woman to take care of business, the second line of business when he's around. So, you know, I think that 
I bring up Stephen A. and Shannon and Dion because they're all about the same age, about 55 years old. And I think Gen X black men of that age range have a certain thought process. A lot of it is misogynistic. It's old school. But that's just the way they think about some of these things. So I'm not surprised to hear them say it. I'm just surprised to hear them say it in 2023 with the vigor that they do because most people are like you guys are almost 60 you should be more mature than that I mean look Dion said he's been placed into the portal right now the transfer portal he's saying that because Tracy broke up with him but you know they out in these streets hot and I wonder if they're having these conversations with women that are age appropriate because I understand them having these conversations when they were in their 20s and 30s but in your 50s y'all some of the stuff I don't know I don't know seems like you're doing a lot Peterman says Jonathan Majors is being used as a scapegoat by Disney love from Jerusalem Israel well shout out for Jerusalem Israel checking in appreciate that um I don't know. The the franchise Marvel is in general has some adjustments to make. So I don't know if he's so much a scapegoat as the fact that they are a Disney company when it comes down to it. And there are certain things that Disney does not play with, not in the hundred years of their existence. So we will have to see. Kendi says, I will tell you one thing. I don't meet people on social media. That's weird. You don't even know these people. I can appreciate a good picture, but that's where it ends with me. I'm not mad at people meeting on social media. It's a different time, but you do have to move a little more carefully. Fahima says, Jill, you Google, you're going to be out of sight for us. All right. Stephen A. Smith out loud. And Kendi says, I'll never forget hooking up a girl and she was texting some other guy. Hey, man. Social media has made it really easy to move around and to move in spaces and places that we could not before. And to feel like you have more connections with people with less time spent in reality. We'll have to see what happens. So, listen. That's it for tonight. Make sure that you are locked in tomorrow, 9 p.m. Pacific time for more trending topics, more headlines. Coming up, we have the best of KBLA on the other side. You have an amazing night, and I appreciate you as always, VIPs.